This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, hello and welcome to Albion Analysis. We're coming in for a special episode because, well, West Bromwich Albion have signed a player. This is likely to be a slightly shorter podcast. If anything, it could be a swift podcast. Yeah, yeah, you saw what I did there. Um, we have snapped up John Swift on a free transfer from Reading, Albion's first bit of incoming business of the summer. And I think, to be honest, having looked at the comments online and on Twitter, it seems to have got a lot of people excited. It also seems to have um, put a bit of salt in the wounds of, of Reading fans who not only aren't, don't seem happy to see him go, but also seem to think that uh, he shouldn't be going to another championship club. And for that reason, as well as Pete George, as per usual, ju- joining me, uh, we have Jacob Hawley, who is a Reading FC fan uh, joining us to get the Reading view. So first of all, welcome, Jacob. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Well, we'll, ju- we'll jump right in. So what, what, is, the, what is the Reading feeling? Are, are, are the fans pretty disgruntled to see him go? And, and, and do, they, do they think he should be going to another championship club? Because I saw a lot saying that they thought he'd go to the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone really knew where he would end up this summer. We knew he'd be going because um, his contract was up. Simply, we couldn't afford him. We've been under a transfer embargo. We've been tied to certain you know, limits on contracts where we can't pay players over a certain wage. So we knew that John would be leaving, but he has been linked with the likes of Burnley in the past. I know when Marcelo Bielsa was at Leeds, he was very interested in John Swift. So yeah, there was definitely Premier League interest or perhaps also interest from the likes of those clubs who, uh, you know, maybe Bournemouth or Fulham or Sheffield United who were looking to, to get into the Premier League next season. Um, so for him to go to a side, you know, who aren't too, you know, they aren't setting the championship alight, in fairness, you know, no disrespect to West Brom, but they didn't have a, Non-taken, a great season. mate, we were rubbish last season. <laughs> they didn't have a great season last year. Um, you know, uh, perhaps they will mount a, a playoff challenge or a promotion challenge next year. 
uh, and John Swift will certainly help that. But there's nothing to suggest that that he's moving to a club that is going to be a real force or, or trying to really push for the top two spots and getting into the Premier League next season, which kind of, to me, says, uh, it suggests that it might be more of a money-motivated move. Which, to be honest, surprises a lot of us because all the all the noises that we've heard from Gourlay and Bruce over the course of uh, the end of last season into into this summer have been that that money's tight. And uh, I mean, I'm sure we we must have beaten whatever contract you had on the table for him. And I'm sure there was other clubs in for him, and therefore we must have beaten the contracts that were that were on the table for uh, for him. But for us to be, if we are flexing some financial muscle then that's something of a surprise to Albion fans I mean you say about obviously that we had a poor season last year absolutely and uh, and and that there's nothing to indicate we'd be challenging at the top end of the division with the current squad absolutely agree with you but I think probably part of the the problem is the fact that we didn't have a creative player in our midfield anywhere. Um, you know, you look at the the key passes through our midfield, progressive passes, it just wasn't there. And and when I look, I mean, just looking at the very top line data for for, uh, for Swift for, for, for last season, um, we're looking at 11 goals and 13 assists. So it seems like he could be that difference maker that we need. He's he's an absolute game changer if he wants to be. You know, he's he's brilliant from set pieces. He can score a free kick and and, you know, from distance too. He, he makes things happen. And in a Reading side that have struggled this season, that's been, you know, that's kept us up, really. He's got double figures for both goals and assists. Like you say, he's our top scorer and top, top assister. Um, so, you know, his, his impact cannot be denied. He, I have to admit, he took his time. Um, you know, he's, he's been struck by injuries. He's had it pretty hard, uh, in fairness, this season as well as last season. Um, so, yeah, his numbers have dipped uh, over the past six years up and down. But this season, you know, you've seen exactly what he can do. And now he's really coming into his prime. It, it seems the perfect time to, to to cash in, you know, if if we had him on a contract. But unfortunately for us, <clears throat> he's going to be leaving us on a free and, and West Brom are the, are the lucky suitors. You mentioned his free kicks there, that he scored a few of them. And I looking through his goals and his assists, the videos of them, he seems to get a fair few assists from corners and free kicks as well. And for me, what impressed me more about him was his goal scoring ability rather than his creative ability from open play, maybe. Would you agree? Yeah, I think his his runs this season have certainly improved. We've noticed a, a lot of his goals have actually come from sort of maybe one-twos or a brilliant run in behind where he's just been able to to dink it past the keeper. And and that's that's been crucial. I don't know too much about how how West Brom's style of play is nowadays, but with him in the midfield, you'd expect that they'll be able to keep the ball on the ground and be a little bit more creative, a bit more of a license to to pass the ball. And he he's got that link up in him. He's got the one twos, but he's also capable of getting in and around the box, and, and he's got a finish in him too. And and this season we've really seen that. Um, you know, I can't say whether that's been down to having a, perhaps a less injury-free season than, than others or or whether he's just, just found his confidence or he's really just coming into his prime. But whatever's happened, he's he's getting not just assists, but like you say, he's becoming a real goal-scoring threat as well in and around the box. I was going to say, because when I was looking th- through his uh, through his numbers, um, he, as you say, this season has been something of an outlier. I mean, you can almost write off last season because I think he only played 14 games. He was injured for, for the vast majority of it. But you go back to 1920, six goals, 10 assists, not bad but not 
you know, not not setting the world alight either. Uh, and that's good assists, but six goals, especially when you compare it to this season, not amazing. And then before that, three goals, three assists, two goals, one assist, and then back to 16, 17, a better goal scoring season, eight goals, four assists. But there's nothing in there that indicated that it was going to be double figures goals and double figures assists this season. But when you delve a little bit deeper, it seems like through all those seasons, his passing numbers have been good. It's just he seems to have found the key to turning it into productivity this season. What is what is the big change that you've seen in him? That, because it seems like looking at, just p- taking him purely as numbers on a page, it looks like he's been a good player for you for six seasons regardless. But this season, that he's gone from being a good player to being a productive player. Yeah, I think um, we, he's always been. We've always been able to see his his quality. I think even when he hasn't been producing top top numbers, we've always known that he's he's got the the ability to change the game. Um, he's matured a lot since he joined the club. Joined the club when he was twenty one years old. He's just a young player, having left Chelsea. So Reading has really turned him into you know a much a much better player over the years. I have no doubt about that. But in terms of passing and, and uh, you know, turning into productivity. I think this season we've we've had you know the help of Lucas Yao. Uh, for the past few seasons, we haven't had uh, an out and out striker. We haven't had someone who's been scoring goals you know regularly when they're starting. Last season we had Lucas Yao who who scored I think around eighteen goals last season without Swift in the team. Um, so this season when Lucas Yao has been playing and he's got into double figures again. Uh, and Swift's been a big part of that. He's he's assisted him on a number of occasions, and and you have to ask, you know, if Swift was in that side last season, would he have would Jao have got a, a, a hatful more goals? Um, because we don't know ha- what we missed out on last season. But to bounce back the way he has this year, and to be producing those numbers after after taking such a big big time on the sidelines, um, yeah, it, it is a bit of an outlier. Um, and and his quality is obviously there to be, to be seen, but, but you're right. It, it isn't, it is an outlier in that he hasn't been that consistent over the past sort of five, six years. I just want to talk about that link up between him and Lucas Schell for us for a second, because as soon as, as soon as I saw that and Pete raised it, when we talked about um, Swift a few weeks back as a potential signing, that there was a very clear link up between those two players that they assisted each other uh, other a lot and when you actually look at some of the qualities of uh, of Lucas Shaw he's obviously a rangy player he's quick um but he's got a lot of physicality to his to his game as well he seems to have a very powerful finish on him uh, also there's quite a lot of parallels to be drawn between him and Daryl DK. and it'll be interesting to see whether Swift can develop the same sort of partnership between with DK as he did with with Zhao do you think that type of player DK I don't know you've probably not seen a lot of him because we haven't even seen a lot of him but you know he is he is tall he's powerful he's quick he's good on the air um, good in the air as well as uh, as well as on the ground he clearly likes to run in behind defenders but if delivery is good from set pieces or from wide areas he it has absolutely no problem getting himself on the end of it. Does it sound like a similar sort of partnership to the one that he had with Zhao that he could develop with DK? It does sound, yeah, it does sound very similar. I've seen little bits of DK. I've seen stuff that he's done at Barnsley and I've heard a lot about him as a player. I thought when West Brom signed him that that was a very good, a very good signing. Um, 
I think uh, yes, there's certainly potential for for a good partnership there, definitely between those two, because you, you draw you draw sort of similarities between them there, comparisons too. Like, I mean, Zhao when he gets the ball to feet, he's very good with the ball in his feet too. But he, he's he's a presence. He's a presence up front. He's tall. He's 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 quite quick too. Um, when he gets the ball to feet, he, he's a, he's good at shielding it. And and like you say, when he gets a shot off too, he's got a lot of power and he's, he's often good at finding the corner. Uh, questions can be raised over his consistency, but in a Reading team that are just sort of just surviving, you know, a striker like that, you, you can't, can't, can't complain at all. And, and John Swift's, um, John Swift's passing ability has certainly played a, a big reason in Jao's success this season. Um, you know, we've really struggled elsewhere in terms of goals and assists. Uh, if you look at, second best to John Swift in both areas you'll see a lot of threes twos 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 because no one even got close um so without those two um it would have been a very different story I imagine and if Lucas shout sorry if Daryl DK can can sort of replicate the form that he found at Barnsley and 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 you know really kick off well the next season in a West Brom shirt then the help of John Swift in mid- midfield will Will really, you know, give him give him a good chance of, of getting double figures and and giving West Brom a, a good chance of promotion next season. And of course, Swift is only twenty six, so there is there's plenty of room for for development. You would expect him to not come into his um, prime years for maybe another another couple of years yet. Do you look at him and see a player? Because obviously, you know, we're in the championship and we accept we're in the championship. We finished 10th. We've got no right to promotion whatsoever. But we are a team that has ambitions to promotion. And that therefore, you can't help but look at players we sign and not only think, are they going to be good for the championship? But can they go again if we do manage to get out of this division? Do you look at him and see a player that could go again and go another level into the Premier League? I really don't know. Um, I think he's a player that can certainly help uh, West Brom bridge that gap. I think if you look at West Brom season last season, tenth with his, you said you know you were missing a creative creative midfielder and adding him into the side and bringing back DK is certainly going to help bridge that gap towards sixth place. Um, and a couple more signings would would really you know you have a promotion a promotion chasing squad there really. So whether he can then step up and play in the Premier League it's so hard to know. Um, I think sometimes you see with players from, you know, Sheffield United perhaps and Huddersfield, these are teams who came into the Premier League. They, they did well. They lasted one season and then they came back down and maybe Brentford will do that next year. And the, the midfielders did okay in the Premier League, but they didn't set the world alight and they're playing in the championship again now. Um, I, I don't know whether he would, whether he would make any big steps in the Premier League. I'd love to see him do that. Um, but I think really he's a top, top championship player. And I think probably uh, an, an average, a squad player in the Premier League at best, I, I do have to admit personally. But, but for West Brom at the moment, he, he's a player who could certainly uh, get them where they want to be. You think that um, his injury record might have played a part in the fact that he's not made the Premier League? Because Chris mentioned that he's, he's only 26. But when I looked at games that he's missed from injury, he missed about... 40 games with a few gaps in between them with a hamstring injury from uh, December 2020 through to December 2021. And before that, there was an Achilles injury. Do you think he's a player that kind of suffers from injuries quite regularly? Yeah, definitely, Pete. Um, our, our physio department is, is very busy because our entire squad's had a, a really difficult season, this season in particular. 
But John Swift is a player who's definitely picked up a reputation for being injury prone. Um, uh, you know, I feels like he'll come back, he'll he'll grab a goal or he'll maybe get an assist. You see a little bit of what he has to offer and then he's out again for, for five, six games. Um, <clears throat> he's definitely been unlucky in that department. But uh, I've mentioned earlier to, for, you know, for him to have had such a difficult season last year and then to bounce back with with the sort of numbers that he's produced this season just shows that when there is a player who can stay fit and and keep himself in the team, he he really can make a difference. And and I, I mentioned again before, but he is the reason that we're still in the championship. He he gets you a lot of points. And if he was to, if you know, if West Brom were to have a player in midfield next season who got another eleven goals and another thirteen assists, then that is a, a massive a massive you know. That, that would be huge for them. Uh, and I think you can't underestimate the value of, of a midfielder who not only assists, but scores goals too. So if he can stay injury-free, um, he, he'll he certainly take his game to another level, I think, playing in, uh, with West Brom rather than uh, a side who are you know battling relegation every week. But he, he does need to stay injury, injury-free because, like you say, it, he could be playing in the Premier League. He has been linked with Premier League teams over the, the course of the years. But every time it seems like that that opportunity might be approaching he just he'll pick up an injury or he'll miss a few games and it just really really hinders his development or hinders his form and, and consistency and and if he can get a run again next year then I'm sure he'll he'll play a big role in, in the West Brom season. Obviously 38 games last season so you, you, you've got to hope that the worst is behind him I suppose just um in, in should, just uh, out of interest should we close the goal of the season competition now because he seems to only score screamers he score i can't even you know he has so so many screamers his 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 free kicks for one i i, mean, I don't know which ones you've seen but I've seen him hit one from 40 yards out and it's, it's I saw that that was, that was disgusting. What it's, was that? It's ridiculous. Top right corner. And you're just thinking, why would you even shoot from there? But he, he, he I remember another one actually before he just went, uh, his boxing day against QPR were on TV. Just absolutely leathered at one on the half volley from the edge of the box, top corner. Yeah. So yeah, this was this was my YouTube rabbit hole last night. I, I, <laughs> I kept showing these to my other half, going, "Look at this." She didn't care. She did not care. But I'm I was like, of that too. <laughs> "Yeah." Look, I was like, "Look, I, I know exactly the ones you you're talking about." That I mean, honestly, if I'm not being funny, if 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 you Kevin De Bruyne has scored these goals, nobody had shut up about them. But it seems to fly under the radar because he's a Reading player. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's nice to hear someone else say it. To be honest, because. We're we're always we're always singing that we're always saying you know no one no one cares who's reading but it, it's just it's just banter really but yeah it does sometimes feel like um we we are a little bit ignored or we are a bit tin pot if you like but um <clears throat> you know we are down at the the bottom end of the championship so we're not too relevant to anyone else I don't think and and maybe that's why but yes he does score some some brilliant goals. And and you're right. If De Bruyne scored them, they'd be replayed. And, and do you remember this in in the ten years ago or whatever? But it's John Swift, so maybe for West Brom. Yeah, maybe maybe him versus Mowat for the goal of the season would <laughs> yeah. be very very interesting next season. I could get tasty. Yeah, it really could. Yeah. <laughs> um, last question before before I let you go because thank you very much for your time today. But uh, last question before I let you go. I looked at his numbers regarding his disciplinary record. 
Six yellows last season, four yellows and a red the season before, nine yellows the year before that, four yellows, eight yellows, reads his disciplinary record. For a number 10, that is a ridiculous amount of bookings. Does he just get stuck in or is he just like Paul Scholes-esque, really bad at tackling? You know, I'd like to say that he just gets stuck in, but it's not it's not a characteristic that I've I've noticed stand out particularly. Um, I think, it, like you say, it's really not ideal. It's not a position, you know, your number 10, a player who's going to get you 10 goals, 10 assists a season. It's not a player who you want to, to be getting suspended. It's someone who you want to be able to rely on you know, every game, it's not someone who, who should be picking up five, ten yellows or, or, or like you say, a red card every now and then. So <clears throat> from an outside perspective, like you say, when you're looking at those stats, that's that's certainly one one negative to take. Um, but if it's any consolation, um, as a Reading fan for the past six years, uh, you know, he can he can pick up a few yellows if he likes, because he's been he's been a standout for us. Um, you know, he's been the one the one player who we've been able to rely on when fit um to to really you know give his all for the shirt and and do a do a really good job too brilliant well thank you so much for your time second time on the pod well uh, if you, you do a third we'll get you a match ball so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much chris thank you pete it's been great to chat to you cheers jacob thanks thank mate. You. cheers mate well, Pete, I mean, uh, some some really exciting stuff there. And to be honest, like, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm really excited to see this guy in a, in a blue and white shirt. It's, the injury record is a bit worrying, I have to say. I'm uh, I'm a little bit worried. I, I, I sort of noticed that, but you've obviously gone into it in a little bit more de- detail, and that is a little bit concerning. But it seems like when he's on the pitch, we've got one heck of a player. Yeah, it's obviously that injury record and... And the uh, worry of him getting a suspension with his bookings and stuff. But, I mean, just be thankful he's not playing under Ishmael because he might have a few more suspensions then. But Well, the- yeah, I was going to say, he's not really going to stand out in this team if he does get suspended, is he? I mean, what what, what we on now? 50, was it 16 red cards um, uh, over the last three years or something ridiculous like that? So nobody's even going to blink an eye at a few yellows, are they? Yeah, exactly. But... I think we do need to consider it when we're recruiting for the rest of the window because we've always got to be cautious that he might pick up a suspension or pick up an injury. And if we don't get someone else that's going to be able to create and score goals from midfield, then you know we're going to be back at the same issue that we've had for this season. So I think we do still need to sign someone with quality to, to be creative as well as John Swift. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is an outstanding start and I applaud the club for not only getting this deal done but getting it done so excuse the pun swiftly because it was there were obviously going to be other suitors for him and we've we've got him over the line brilliant stuff now are, are we going to sign Wallace as well who knows I would love to see it but you know it gives us another option in there I think it's possible that that might be outside of the realms of reality. But I do think we need another midfielder in there, whether it's Wallace, whether it's Rothwell. Probably if you gave me a choice between the two, I'd probably rather see rather see Rothwell in there. I mean, I, 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 I did a live uh, debate with some Albion fans the other night with uh, with Gab Sutton and we were discussing uh, we were discussing this. And I honestly said, like, if you if you get another uh, a couple of the midfielders in there, Really, unless uh, and we probably need another centre half if Kipre go, uh, and maybe Brian go out the door. 
But to be honest, you get them in and we probably don't need an awful lot else, do we? I think this has filled a massive gap. You get one or two other quality midfielders, preferably if some if you get somebody what like Wallace in, then great, because that's somebody who can play the flank. Uh, somebody like Rothwell can play play the eight role. But if you've still got Robinson, Grant, DK up front, do you really need another striker? Maybe. Maybe not. Depends how many you're going to play at any given time. Probably do need one more, but maybe you could get away with that on loan. You've got Dean Garner in the wide areas. You've got Phillips in in the wide areas. You've got then got Mowat, Taylor Gardner, Hickman, Malumbi, Livermore, Swift now through through the middle. You'll have a fairly decent plethora of centre halves, especially if you get one more in. And then you've got Furlong, Taylor Gardner, Hickman. Townsend and Ashworth as options in in the fullback areas. I really, I I think you know three more players and Bruce. I think highlighted four as his kind of golden number. I think if we get four who can really seriously impact the starting lineup, and I think we're well on our way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say we need a midfielder that can move the ball forwards from deeper positions because Livermore and Mullumby don't really do that. And I still think we need a creative player because I do have my small doubts about Swift's actual creative ability from open play. I think his assist numbers this season have been inflated by uh, set pieces and from basically simple passes where the striker then runs 20 yards or whatever and puts it into the back of the net. I think I mentioned earlier that his goal scoring seems to be the the um, more impressive feature of him. And he obviously scores a lot of free kicks and quite a lot of long shots but he also gets into really good positions kind of making late runs into the box and getting on the end of like cutbacks or low crosses and yeah he actually scored he his 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 long long shot goals get highlighted because they're so spectacular but when i actually looked at his data he do, he he takes more shots outside the box than he takes in it but he scores more goals inside the box than outside yeah and i counted it up and i counted 43 of his goals in his career and I marked 12 of them as coming from cutbacks or low crosses, which are just, I mean, they're just really high value areas to be in because about nine yards away from goal, pretty central and with a pretty easy side foot finish. Um, and that is also how he likes to finish. About a third of his goals came with that side foot finish. So I think he'll get into really good areas and it'll probably help the likes of Deanne Garner and Callum Robinson to and Connor Townsend to get a few more assists this season because they've got him making good runs and hopefully DK as well. And just one more on the on the numbers that, that I've got in front of me, Pete. Uh, I, I, I did a little comparison between his numbers and our existing squad and he made 1.8 dribbles, successful dribbles, I should say, per game um, last season for Reading. Now, the only player in the in the whole of the Albion squad who averaged more than one successful dribble per game and and that that was only 1.1 anyway was Taylor Gardner Hickman nobody else managed that averaged an average of one successful dribble per game he's averaging nearly twice that and also his key passes 2.7 key passes per game again you compare that to our squad that's nearly twice our best in terms of key passes per game which was Mowat at 1.4 we quite lit. He quite literally is what we don't have. Yeah, and you mentioned the dribbles, and he's he's in the eighty seventh percentile of championship attacking midfielders for dribbles, which basically means he's in 
the top 13% of attacking midfielders for the number of dribbles he attempts, which is, you know, that's really high and kind of paints the picture a bit more when you compare him to the whole league in that position rather than just the Albion squad because he's he'll obviously look really good in that's in our squad for dribbling but if you compare him to the whole league he, he still looks really good and it's the same for his passes to the penalty area he's in the 87th percentile and his three passes in the 91st so those creative metrics are really impressive he's not the kind of player that moves the ball forward from deeper positions when you look at his progressive passes numbers they're pretty low but I suppose he's going to be taking up the more advanced positions and be receiving those passes. So it's not it's not as important, but that's where we need someone else to come in to potentially do that job. And lastly, before we finish, Pete, I just discussed a little bit there with, with Jacob, but I just want to get your thoughts. We talked about the relationship he had with Luca Zhao at uh, Reading and how there could potentially be a similar relationship with Daryl DK as it is not, a million miles away. I, I honestly believe Daryl DK is a far superior player to Luca Zhao, but in terms of qual- uh, qualities and some of the things that they do, they're not outside the realms of comparable. Do you think Swift could be a very, very good player, not only for the team, but for DK quite specifically? Yeah, definitely. And in more ways than just goal scoring between the two, because DK loves to um, receive passes from like centre backs and like long passes along the floor and just simply lay them off to a player that's then facing forwards. So if he can do that with John Swift around him to pick up that little bounce pass and then carry it forward, then we're going to be really dangerous in counter-attacks and transitions. And then John Swift, as Jacob mentioned, loves to play one-twos on the edge of the box and um, and kind of play with the players around him, little short combinations. So if he can do that with the likes of DK and and Dean Garner that are going to love making runs in behind and playing those one twos, then we could see some. I think we could see some really nice football. And between Swift, Grant, and uh, Moa, we we should have a highlights reel, the envy of any division in the world. So I'm genuinely excited about this uh, this transfer. I'm 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 not gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be over-enthusiastic about ones that that don't hit home with me, but I think this is a really, really exciting transfer for the Baggies. I think it's a, it's a fantastic signing on a free transfer of a player that I think probably 90% of championship clubs would find a place for in their side. So I'm really excited to see him pull on the blue and white stripes. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much to, to, to Pete for joining us. And also a big, big thank you to, to Jacob who took time out of his schedule to come and talk to us for the second time on this podcast. He talked Gourlay a few, uh, a, a few weeks back. He's now talked John Swift. If we do any more recruiting from Reading, I'm sure he'll be back on again. So thank you to him. As I say, these podcasts are going to be a bit ad hoc over the coming weeks, depending on as and when Albion do business. Hopefully they keep us fairly busy. But we also do have another very special podcast coming up. If you haven't listened to our Jimmy Shan two-parter, please do. It's fantastic. It's so unbelievably honest as well from Jimmy. Some of the stuff he talks about is is incredible how it's just a testament to the bloke how truly open and honest he is about his time as manager of uh, of West Bromwich Albion but I won't name a name but we have a very popular former West Bromwich Albion Premier League footballer coming up an interview that is just as brutally honest and you will not want to miss that so we will be putting that out sometime in the very very near future obviously always slightly punctuated about 
uh, when we when we make signings but i it is edited it is ready to go and i can't wait for you to hear it so until next time thank you for listening and up the baggies Albion have certainly been sharing the goals around this season. They're well into double figures now for different championship goal scorers. So why not take a leaf out of their book and do some sharing of your own with a McNugget share box? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.